question on the screen is, do you believe the authorities? When a politician or a government official, or maybe it's a spokesman for some corporation or some industry group, maybe it's some expert, some talking head, when they say something, do you believe them? What happened, what didn't happen, what we know, what no one knew, what was said, what is true, do you believe them? Unfortunately, today, I think for a lot of us, we would say probably not. We have become a nation of skeptics. And by that, I mean that our first reaction is to doubt. To assume that there's something they're not telling us. Some, some part of what they're saying is probably not true. People who study cultures say that this probably began in the United States around the era of the Vietnam War. Some of you weren't even alive then. But it was a time when people began to question what was being told them because we learned that some of the things being told were not true. And it has grown since then. And certainly in the last few years, it has become another kind of pandemic. And it seems like everyone is infected, not just government and politicians, but business and management, unions, news organizations, agencies that exist to help us, protesters on the right and protesters on the left. We're not sure we can trust them. We're not sure they're telling us the truth. And yet we, we want to believe that those in authority are speaking the truth to us because it affects our whole lives. In the sense that when we can't believe those in authority, those in power, it's as if our whole life is sort of in an earthquake. It's shaking. We're not sure what can we hold on to that won't change. The question becomes, is there anyone we can trust? We don't like the things the way they are, but we want to trust somebody, but who can we trust? Can we even trust God? Now, before you assume the answer to that, I think it's a question that we need to be able to at least say out in the open. Can we trust God? The negative factor in all of that, I would say, is we're not sure anymore we can trust the church. Because we've seen headline after headline of people in the church and churches that can't be trusted. Whether that's in abuse of children by priests or corruption in large organizations or whatever. And it's not a very big step from once we say, well, we're not sure we can trust the church. It's not a very big step to say, well, then can we trust God? Well, that's why I want to spend a little bit of time today looking at God and who He is. Can He be trusted? Because of what the impact will be in how we answer that question. Can we trust God? So I want to talk for a few minutes about, well, what, what is God like? What, what do we learn in the Bible about God, about what God is like? 
There's four things that I, I want to point out this morning. I want us to look at with some scripture that tell us out of the Bible what God is like. The first one is this. God is not like humans. God is not like us. In Numbers 23, 19, we read, God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I find it interesting that the writer of Numbers recognizes that humans have that tendency. Humans have a tendency to lie. Humans have a tendency to change and be different tomorrow. But not God. God is not like us. Now remember, if we have learned that we have distrusted humans, and, and we're not sure who we can believe, that natural subconscious tendency to apply that to everyone, including God, we need to stop and say, wait a minute, but he's not a human. He's not like us. We shouldn't paint him with the same brush that we paint all the other authority people that we maybe don't trust anymore. He's not like them because he's not a human. And he doesn't act like us. We need to remember that about God. The second thing we need to remember about God is that he never changes. Every day we wake up and we're different. We all do. We have good days and we have bad days. We have days when we're smiling and we have days when, don't talk to me, I'll bite your head off. We just have those days. That's part of the human roller coaster. That's not God. He's not a human. He's God. God speaks of himself in Malachi 3.6 when he says, I, the Lord, do not change. If you read the rest of that verse, he goes on to say, and that's the only reason you're still existing, Israel, because I don't change. God is the same every day. You never need to wonder about what God is going to show up today when you pray. What God is going to show up today when you worship. How is God going to feel about you today? Is he for you today? Well, he never changes. He is not going to feel any different about you today than he did yesterday. Then the writer of Hebrews says of Jesus, Jesus is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Jesus we worship today is the same Jesus who walked with James and Peter and John beside the Sea of Galilee. And he is the same Jesus who will one day return to end history and to fix this whole broken world. Jesus never changes. God never changes. And that is such a comfort to us. We always get the same God. The third thing that Scripture says, and that is that God is good. Always. 100%. He is all good. He always does what is right. He always does what is fair. He is always loving. He is always caring. He is always forgiving. He is always giving. He is all good doesn't mean he ever has a bad day. He's all good. And there's nothing bad in him. Nothing. Now that's hard to believe because none of us are like that. The best people we know are not like that. But remember, he's not a, he's not a human. 
He's God. And that means he can be good all the time. David sort of issues a sort of a challenge in Psalm 34. He says, go ahead, take a taste. Test God. Take a sample of God. See what you find. You're going to find that he's always good. David has no hesitation in pointing people to God and saying, give God a try. He is always good. The fourth thing, and I didn't have a good way to put this, but God is the God we wish for. God is the person we want, the, the authority figure we're looking for today who we can always trust, who we can always count on. There is somebody who meets those needs that we are so desperate for today. In Deuteronomy 32, we read, God is the rock. His works are perfect, and all His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just, is He. I wanted to point out these scriptures because in our day, when we want someone we can hold on to and anchor our lives to and feel secure, and so we don't have to worry about tomorrow, and we start to think that that person doesn't exist, that government doesn't exist, that agency doesn't exist, whatever. They don't, but God does. And God is that very person, that being, that person in authority who meets the needs we are so desperate for today. So why does all of this matter? It matters because of who God is and the fact that He is always good, that He will never lie to us. He is always just and fair. So what has God said to us? Well, we have the Bible. And there's a lot in there about how to live and who God is and who we are and what has happened, what's coming, how, how, to, how to be married, how to raise kids, how to go about life, how to do business. There's all those kinds of things in the Bible, and they're good. And we can trust them because they're from God. But I want us to focus on one specific thing that God has said to us, one thing that's in the Bible, and that is are the promises of God. Now, we talk about that, the promises of God, but the Bible is actually full of them. Another way of looking at a promise that I'd never really thought about it until I was working on the sermon or this sermon series, and that is, you know, another way you can describe a promise is a guarantee. And I'd really, I don't know about you, but I'd never really thought about God has given us guarantees. I, I like guarantees. I like to buy at certain stores because they give you a longer guarantee. I, it makes me feel safer because there's a guarantee you can count on. But God has given us guarantees, promises. One Bible scholar spent quite a bit of time checking out how many promises has God given us in the Bible. 7,487 promises is what he came up with. Now, because we're skeptical, we may say, well, now that may be off, and there could be, you know, there could be more, there could be less. You know, I think the one thing we could all agree on, there's a lot of them. However many you'd count, there's a lot of guarantees God has given us in the Bible. 
And those guarantees become so important for us if they're from a God who is always good and never changes and never lies. That means those guarantees are really ironclad. Peter writes to encourage his, the Christians he was writing to as they were facing persecution. 2 Peter 1, starting in verse 2, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now stop for just a second. Notice what Peter wants them to experience. He wants them to find grace and peace in their lives as they're facing tough times. But he says, now how will that happen? Through their growing knowledge of God and Jesus. As they know God and Jesus more, they will find grace and peace for a tough life. How? Well, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Hear that promise? His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's a phrase for Jesus. Through our knowledge of Jesus, as we get to know Jesus more and more, we will gain everything we need for living a godly life. And then he goes on to say, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. We can experience the life of a child of God by relying on the very great and precious promises God has given us in Jesus and in the rest of Scripture. And those great and precious promises help us participate and know the love of God, the joy of God, the confidence of God, the power of God through all of those promises that he has given us. If God never lies, if he never changes, if he has unlimited power, then his promises are anchors for our lives, anchors for the future, because we can rely on them. There's one more verse I want you to see, and that's what Joshua writes to Israel. This is at the end of Joshua's life. He's soon to die, and he knows that. And in a sense, he is the last great leader. Moses brought them out of Egypt, and through the 40 years in the wilderness, Joshua led in the conquering of the promised land, and now they're going to divide up into individual tribes. Joshua, in some ways, is the great leader who's going to leave them. How are they going to head into the future? Notice what Joshua says. Now, I am about to go the way of all the earth. I'm going to die. Everybody does. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Not one has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. What does Joshua offer them for their hope and confidence of the future without Joshua? It's not a new person. What Joshua says is, you're going to be just fine because of all God's promises to you. And you know not one of them has ever failed. God has never failed to come through with his promises. That's where you're going to gain confidence for tomorrow. 
for an unknown future. It's not me, Joshua, you need. You've got the promises of God, and they have never failed. That's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. Some of the promises that God has given us, the guarantees God has given us. The sermon series is titled, Unshakable. Our life feels pretty shaken right now. I don't know if you've ever gone through an earthquake. I have gone through only one or two. We didn't have a lot of earthquakes in Illinois. But I remember one. And I can still picture it. I was in a big gym. It was actually a band competition, and I was sitting with my high school band. We were sitting out on the gym floor, and suddenly the whole room moved. And nothing, I mean, you know, again, this is Illinois. Nothing fell and all of that, but it's just like, whoa, stuff's moving that doesn't move. This is an earthquake. Wow, that's really weird. Isn't that sort of how our life is right now? Stuff that has never moved is moving. Stuff that we would have said is solid is, is shaking. There's cracks where we didn't think there'd ever be cracks. And when all of life is sort of shaking like that, that's scary. It's scary for me. It's scary for all of us. How can we have some solid, just like Joshua said to ancient Israel, we can have an unshakable life because of the promises of God. The guarantees God has given us. And because of who He is, His guarantees will never fail us. So in the next few weeks, we're going to look at a, a, a series, uh, a, a, some of the different promises of God. We're not going to look at 8,400 and some of them. Uh, I think we're going to look at six of them. The idea for this sermon series came from a book I ran across by Max Lucado, Unshakable Hope. In that book, they go through a whole series of the promises of God. And I thought, you know, that would be a great thing for us to look at today. Some of our small groups are going to use that as their study this fall. We're going to have a class on Wednesday night based on that book. I would urge you to check into one of those. We're going to look at some of those promises of God because they give us an unshakable life. You see, the real question you might think is, well, can we trust the promises of God? Well, I've tried to show you why I believe that's really not a question. We can trust the promises of God. The real question is, will we build our lives on the promises of God? Will we believe God and so hold on to those guarantees so we can have an unshakable life? That's what he wants to offer us. His promises are there. We've looked at the scriptures so that we can partake in the divine nature. We can be children of God with the peace of God, the power of God, the love of God, the confidence of God. How? By the promises of God. And so we're going to look at some of those over the next few weeks. And I hope you'll be here or watch online or listen later so that you can understand we can have an unshakable life because we have a God who is always the same, always there, 
and never changes. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you care about us. We are weak sinners who have failed you, who are not perfect. And yet you care so much, you give us promises. You give us guarantees of what you'll do for us, who you'll be for us. Thank you for them. Help us as we look at your promises to understand we can have an unshakable life. Thank you, Father. Help us trust your promises. In your Son's name.